The key to happiness on the golf course, believe it or not, is not about hitting every driver perfect, flagging every iron shot, making every putt. I mean, sure, when that stuff happens, it's really fun and it makes us feel really happy. But for day in, day out golf, the key to happiness is expectation management. That's what takes the pressure off you when you play, and it allows you to be grateful for the good things that do happen. It's something Sam Wyman thinks a lot about, and that's what we're going to break down in this episode of the Golf IQ Pod. So Sam, I always think you're a little too harsh on your own game, but... This is Golf Digest, and it's fair to say you're not the best golfer on staff, Mm -hmm. the sort of middle ranks, but you're absolutely probably the most avid and frankly, probably the happiest golfer around. I mean, let's not say most avid because it sounds like I don't work hard. So, yeah, but anyway, (laughs) keep going, keep going. Yeah, you're a very happy golfer. Yeah. So, I guess that's what I wanted to ask you about. What is the kind of key to being a happier golfer? Yeah, and I want to be clear that that I, I, I do love golf. Uh, you know, happy, whether I'm the happiest golfer, I'm very happy in my pursuit of golf, my love of golf. Uh, I'm not, I'm not always thrilled, you know, every moment of every round. Um, and to me, the reason that I have learned to love the game to the extent that I do is because I've learned to accept my limitations Mm -hmm. and I have, I have expectations for myself that are different than your expectations for you. Now, to be clear, like I'm very results driven. I'm definitely uh, driven to get better. And I feel like the pursuit of uh, getting better is still very much um, important to me. But I go into I go into rounds of golf, um, not thinking about you know shooting even par, but just seeing incremental signs of improvement. And that for me is where I derive a lot of joy. Yeah, and I think that what you're keying on there, right, is that it really comes down to expectations. Mm-hmm. Like, what are my expectations for the round? And what are the expectations I have for my own golf game? Like, mm-hmm. I know s- selfishly, this is something that, like, I'm, I think I'm getting better at, but I really struggle with because, you know, I was I was pretty good in high school mm-hmm. and then I played in college golf. And I tend to fall into a trap sometimes of every round I play, I'm reminded that I'm not quite as yeah. good as I was. And it just kind of paints it in a negative picture whereas like what i really need to be doing is be adjusting my expectations well i you know in a weird way not to contradict the whole premise of this episode but uh, i kind of feel for players like you and some of the better players on our staff because all of you have played at a very high level and there is a possibility not i'm saying it's going to happen that your best golf could be behind absolutely and um so how do you reset your expectations to still derive you know, a lot of joy from it. I still think that can happen. Um, whereas I feel like my best golf is still in front of me. I'm constantly trying to get better. And that's really exciting and re- rewarding for me. But again, you know, it just goes back to this idea that if I went in to any shot or any, you know, any shot and I said, uh, I need to, you know, hit it 290 yards with a tight draw on it, uh, I would be miserable every time because it's not going to happen. Yeah. Right. So my, my definition of success is different um, than you know than yours, and, and probably than it is for myself a week ago. And so I'm just constantly having these these um, sort of modest expectations that allow me to derive satisfaction from from the game. And 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 you say modest expectations, but in reality, what you're talking about is realistic expectations, right? Yeah. Like, so let me just uh, sprinkle a few stats in mm-hmm. here, right? 
the average 80 shooter hits about eight greens mm -hmm. per round. The average 90 shooter hits about five greens per round. Five to 10 handicaps. How far do you think they drive the ball? A uh, five or 10 handicap? Yes. Uh, 250. 230 yards, according to the USG. Wow. Average driving distance for a seven handicap, about 230 yards. Tour players, they hit a hundred yard wedge to about 20 feet, you know, and they miss the green about 40% of the time with an eight iron. And that's a tour player. So there are just stat after stat out there that's showing that if you're standing up with a pitching wedge and you're an eight handicap, mm -hmm and you get annoyed about missing the green or about chunking it, like you're not plugged into reality. Mm -hmm. You are expecting something that is almost like a statistical, like impossibility mm -hmm. for you. And I think that you'll get more happiness from golf, right? When you're actually readjusting your expectations mm -hmm. to match like your skill level. And it doesn't mean that you can't be ambitious. It doesn't mean you're like lowballing every time you play. Like you can still go after um, big results and, and want to see major, you know, improvements in your game. So I like, it's very important to, to understand that, that this is not about, you know, just kind of giving up. No, I mean, low expectation doesn't mean giving up. It just means that you're, you're realistic in the moment. My favorite probably story from last year in, uh, in golf wasn't me, but it was my son. He had worked all winter. He played, uh, you know, um, you know, like worked on his game, worked on his swing and his first tournament of the year, this was a junior tournament. I dropped him off and I was following the live scoring and he was playing terribly. Yeah. Like, you know, plus six, plus eight. I kept on looking at his score and I picked him up and I was totally expecting him to slam the trunk and throw a big fit uh, in the car. And he sat down, he says, dad, that was the best round of golf I ever played. He says, I, I so didn't have it today. It was so hard. It was windy. And I battled the entire time. And he was thrilled with himself because mm. he's like, I knew. So the point is he knew it could, it could have been really bad. He knew how hard it was yeah. and he was able to derive, you know, satisfaction and even a little bit of joy from his ability to handle it to the best he could. Yeah. Because golf isn't all, you know, making parts and making birdies and things. Sometimes mm -hmm. there's some real joy in managing your way through sure. the turbulence of a round. And I think that when it comes to junior golfers, especially, that's such an important thing to remember because when a junior golfer has so many expectations placed on them, uh, either from their parents or from themselves or whatever, that can really suck the joy out of the game. They just start expecting so much so soon that it just crushes any passion they have for the game. They need to bring it down a notch and not be less ambitious, mm -hmm. but just to be realistic about what they can achieve on the course tomorrow. Right. I mean, in, in the earlier episode, we talked about um, accepting that golf is hard. Yeah. Right. Accepting that there's a lot of things you can't control. Yeah. Right. So as soon as as soon as you sort of acknowledge both of those facts, um, you're able to manage your expectations accordingly. And and again, for me, you know, at an earlier point in my life, there was a point when I was playing a ton of golf and probably playing at a better clip than I'm playing now. It was probably my least happy my least happiest time yeah. playing golf because every round of golf I played, I expect, you know, if I didn't, if I didn't, you know, I wasn't even part through the first three holes, I was miserable. Yeah. The round was lost. It was, you know, it was, a, it was a lost cause. And, and every round was put through that prism. Mm. Um, whereas now again, my, my expectations are, are a little bit more realistic and I don't have these preset, ideas of what the round should be. I think should, by the way, is one of the worst words in golf. Mm. This should happen. That should have been on the green. That should have gone in. Um, that has a lot to do with like whether you're happy or not. So anyway, because of my 
my ability to sort of acknowledge there's a lot of things that aren't going to go the way I want, I, I have a much more, um, you know, take it as it comes attitude, which I think is, is a, you know, the one thing that maybe I can, I can teach others about. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, like should is again, like it's like a point, it's rat poison when mm -hmm. it comes to golf. I mean, pros are more likely to miss an eight footer on up mm -hmm. than they are to make it from eight feet. Mm -hmm. So if you're, you know, how many times have I missed a nine footer and walked away so pissed off at myself? Like, I can't believe I missed that. Again, it's all an expectation sort of management situation. Yeah. So I guess like, to wrap it a little bit, what are some strategies that golfers can use to kind of reset their own expectations? Um, one, yeah. one of them I use, for instance, is I keep stats at a mm -hmm. pretty basic level, yeah. right? So like, I don't fret too much about this and that, but I do keep track of like my greens and regulation, mm -hmm. for instance. Um, and, you know, I try to make sure that like, if I'm hitting 10, you know, that that's kind of my par for greens and regulation for my own ability level. So that's something I keep a close eye on or something as simple as like balls hit out of bounds or mm -hmm. into hazards. That's another one. Like my goal is kind of like zero to one mm -hmm. at my skill level, but like, that's just something that I can, if I, if, if I can get through a round hitting under one ball into a hazard, that's something I can draw a lot of positive momentum from. It's not me trying to reinvent the wheel. It's just me trying to accomplish something. Yeah. And I think you're talking about, you know, establishing metrics that can point to some level of progress. Yeah. Even when everything else goes poorly, you can say, well, I at least did this. This is something that I can kind of, I can build on. You know, one of the big ones for me um, is like a bounce back stat of some yeah. sort, you know, if you can make a triple on one hole and then come back and make, you know, a, a par or bogey, even on the next hole, your ability to say, you know what, I was able to put that behind me, which is what we talked about in an earlier episode, like how you frame bad breaks and bad events, your ability to sort of manage your expectations and recalibrate your expectations. Um, that goes a long way to driving satisfaction, which is what we're talking about. Right? We're, it's not about just happiness on the golf course. It's like, driving some level of, of satisfaction from, from every time you play. Exactly. And to do that, you need a baseline of reality mm -hmm. relative to your own skill. You need to do a little bit of tracking around your own game. And again, all of a sudden, you'll start seeing the positives start flowing right. into your game. And then one day we'll be as happy a golfer as you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to be... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, I, I will trade a little bit of my happiness for a little bit more results. But again, <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm trending in the right direction. And again, I, I, all kidding aside, you know, it is about sort of like set, um, seeing incremental progress. Mm. And, you know, what your level of progress is, is, is completely up to you. But if, if you can point to the thing that you can sort of build on every day, that's going to lead you to a better place. You know, it's funny. I don't have any data to, to back this up, but. Um, there's been a lot of conversation in the last couple of years about Tiger Woods and Tiger Woods' you know, different persona and mentality mm -hmm. on the golf course, right? At one point in his career, he was the most dominant golfer in the world, most dominant athlete in the world. Yeah. He didn't look particularly happy or particularly engaging uh, you know, with the crowd around him. He's now at a point where there's no way that his expectations aren't lower, right? Um, he's he's his he's you know had all these things happen in his life he's obviously his body has been uh, severely compromised for a variety of reasons um so him you know playing 36 holes at the masters and being able to walk 36 holes and or i think it was 72 holes and play he recognized um the success there yeah and so he had recalibrated his expectations now 
that's an extreme example, right? To go from the most dominant player in the world to someone who's happy to to make the cut at the Masters. But it does speak to the idea that you know, in every in every uh, instance, we're faced with um, kind of asking like, what's what what is progress here? What is a realistic goal for me? You know, ten years earlier, it was win or go home. That was all that mattered. Mm-hmm. You know, last year it was. Um, I'm going to walk 72 holes at the masters. I thought I was never going to do that again. And, you know, on some level that's applicable to all of us, right? Some days it's like my, my success means this score and, you know, this number of greens and regulation, but sometimes it's like, Hey, I'm working on this one thing. Um, you know, I'm trying to get the club face square at address. And I did that you know, more times than not. And I have something to build on there. Yeah. And, and it's also a good reminder that this is something like managing your own expectations, readjusting things. It's something that the literal best player of all time is doing, right? Like, and he talks about it all the time that, like you're saying, he used to be laser focused on winning. Now he's just happy to tee it up and, and try to make cuts. And he will say like, of course, I'm, I'm there to win, but, or he's there because he believes he mm-hmm. can win. But that's not the primary goal. Anymore. Right. The primary goal is being able to play. And I think it's a good reminder, right? That like, there are there are you're going to have multiple goals throughout a round one of them may be to shoot your best round ever but really like your happiness is going to come from achieving your baseline goal which is you know being proud of the way i handled my poor shots today mm-hmm. or being able to hit five fairways or whatever it is you know and that speaks to you like you asked about things that we can do uh as sort of strategies i think a really good strategy is after every round of golf identify something that went well. Yes. I mean, you know, like I drove it poorly, my irons are crap, but you know what? Putted pretty well. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I putted really poorly, but my lag putting was was okay. And again, this is not about applying a silver lining to things. It's literally finding something tangible that went well because there's no doubt. You know, one day, one day, no joke, I had the worst run I got, but I was really good at spotting other people's balls in the <laughs> rough. I'm not kidding. And I was so I was so proud of myself. Like I was and, and I'm all kidding aside, and this is not the goal of golf. But like I was a decent playing partner that day. Like mm-hmm. I was decent company. I was in a terrible mood personally yeah. because I was disappointed with my play, but I managed to be, you know, pleasant company. And I know that's like an extreme example, but I feel like the ability to find some level of accomplishment in every round is worthwhile. And it serves you well down the road too. Okay, guys, it is June, which means the U.S. Open is right around the corner. This also means that Father's Day is right around the corner. Perhaps you're a father yourself and you want to send a little hint to the wife and kids. Perhaps you're thinking about your own dad and a gift idea for him. We have the perfect Father's Day gift idea. That's Golf Digest Plus. This is the gift that keeps on giving. You get new issues of the magazine in your mailbox all year long. All of our digital stories completely unlocked, even some written by Christopher Powers. You get access to our Places to Play course library, the golf ball hot list, the shoe guides. You even get access to our Build Your Own Bag feature. And in case I didn't mention it, stories written by Christopher Powers. That's enough of the highlights. If you're listening to this podcast, you know this is a no-brainer for Dad this Father's Day. Go to golfdigest.com slash plus. Again, that's golfdigest.com slash plus. 
and buy your dad the gift of Golf Digest.